Good morning and welcome to Tanya's Talk Podcast. This morning I have with me a wonderful person and I'm just so excited to be interviewing her on this morning. She is the president of Patrick Henry Community College and she is just an awesome community leader in the city of Martinsville, Virginia. Her name is Dr. Angeline Godwin. Welcome Dr. Godwin. Welcome, thank you very much. What a nice welcome. I'm delighted to be here. You are such a sweetheart. Can you tell my listening audience who you are? Well, anytime you have to describe yourself, that's a complex question, but I'm currently the president of Patrick Henry Community College. We serve the city of Martinsville, Henry and Patrick counties, and I've been here since 2012. I'm originally from Enterprise, Alabama, which is the home of the Bow Weevil Monument, the only monument in the world erected to a pest. And I've had the opportunity to live a lots of different places and work a lots of different places. And so uh, I'm a, a mother and a wife and a daughter and a friend, hopefully, to, to all. Thank you, Dr. Godwin. And she's an awesome leader in our community. Number two, I have a couple questions for you. I'm just going to go through the questions, but if you feel like you want to say anything else, because I know you're about to leave our area pretty soon, and we're a little saddened by that. You've decided to retire, and you deserve that, but you have done so much for the Martinsville area as far as education, and if you'd like to just add anything else, please feel free to do so. Can you tell us how the pandemic has changed global education and remote learning going forward in the future? Sure, I think the pandemic has done a couple of things. I think it has really shown a spotlight on two extremes. I think it has shown the spotlight on where we have gaps uh, in our ability to serve students. I think it has highlighted areas in which students um, do not have as much access uh, to technology, to support services, to those things outside the classroom, that 360 degree approach that I know you're focused on as an educator, and we're certainly focused on at Patrick Henry, that it's more than just the academic, uh, but of course the technology part of this. And I think it's shown a highlight of where we have gaps and where we have uh, points of inequity uh, in underserved populations that we knew there were not perfections, but I think it really helped us see really the glaring scope of where we have much work to do. The other side is the pandemic has shown us, it's shown a spotlight on true innovation in the classroom. I think our faculty and staff have done fantastic jobs. I think it has shown the resilience uh, of educators, the resilience of students. I know there are challenges in some areas, but I think our community and a broad regional community, uh, as we look in, you know, in probably in a hundred mile radius, I have seen some of the most provocative and innovation going on and really where families and community people and organizations as well as the schools have really just gone above and beyond and really have been very concerned about the that complete wrapping around of services. So I think we've had two extremes. I think we have uh, had a spotlight on the challenges and where we have much work to do but I think we've also shown a spotlight on innovation. 
and really I heard an educator say the other day that it brought her back to the basics that one of her first chores as a teacher and of course it's a what it is the first chore of a parent is to teach their children to learn to learn and to love to learn and to really be focused on the love of learning and if you can get that instilled in a child or in a person it really will suit them for the rest of their lives so um i see those those two worlds have really surfaced through this pandemic. I totally agree. Um, it's awesome to see the educators embrace um, where we are. And I'm amazed at some of the things I've seen in the classroom. And I think this has been a challenge, but I think our educators as a whole have, have risen to the challenge. And I'm seeing some exceptional things that I don't think I would have seen had it not been a pandemic. So I'm really impressed with that. We've all gotten out of our comfort zone and we realized we had to do things. I know we hear more from the public noise uh, about a, a, a negatives and what's not happening. And I'm, I do not dismiss that in any way, but I do think that we do have some extraordinary uh, communities and educators and families and volunteers who are really uh, working diligently uh, to try to uh, not only fulfill the education uh, role, but also to try to maybe accelerate uh, the students' uh, understanding and adoption of the technology they're gonna need in their work career for the rest of their lives. I agree totally. Now, where do you see education in the next five to 10 years? That will be, I wish I had my crystal ball. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, in my retirement, one of the things I plan on focusing on is looking, as we say, many times in doing strategic planning, we look five years ahead or 10 years ahead. I am very interested in what's ahead and around the corner. Those things that you really cannot see, but you can prepare yourselves for what might be down the road and around the corner. So I do think that we're going to revolutionize technology in a way that, that gives it a different level of accessibility. I do believe there's going to be a national conversation that just as when the telephone, the landline telephone <laughs> became a part of a universal coverage in which it was required, of the major phone that goes back to the mom bells you could you're dating me um but that it was required that people have phone access uh, i think technology is going there and that last mile uh, will have to have to close so i think we're going to see that i believe that in teacher education uh from the very beginning when people consider a teaching role at whatever level i think that rather than a parallel training, which is really pretty much what happens in teacher education today. It will be a 100% matrix level integrated into everything that they do. And I believe that children, um, what what we had to transition to do, both in children and in adult learning, I believe will become more and more a part of the norm. I would not be surprised if almost all courses are what we might call hybrid. There's some portion that's in person, 
but they're from the very beginning as a percentage or a portion of all education and training that has a complete remote component. I totally agree. Um, I currently um, work in North Carolina and we have been in person for quite a while now and we have also started to work towards an online high school program. So we see the future and we see the need for virtual learners going past the pandemic. So I think that's gonna be um, something that's gonna be offered to students for the future. I don't think we'll ever see 100% students in a school building anymore. I think we will always have a certain population or a certain group that virtual just work best for them. And we're gonna have to accommodate that group of students. And I make one footnote on that that I think would be very helpful is that is communities, and this could be spearheaded with a partnership with community colleges and K through 12. I think it would be a perfect as well if there's an area or a regional university, particularly a teacher's university, is we really focus on perhaps what I would call parents' university, our, our caregivers, uh, our guardian uh family members, uh, whether that be a biological family, any caregiver, uh, in which we have community structured, uh, iterative, so it's a little long and it's reliable, it's not a there for three weeks and gone, in which a family person could educate themselves on use of technology to help their children uh, in learning. And I think that could be done in civic organization, nonprofits, churches. Um, I just would love to see that be a groundswell of what I call parents' university. Uh, not focusing so much on parity, but really helping parents who are interested in an ongoing, very um, slow, but an iterative process of educating them, particularly in technology, so that they can do a better job at home with their children. And it's, it's odd that you mentioned that because here at my school, we have a parent university. We have a McMichael Parent University and we offer, um, well, we haven't done as much this year because of the pandemic, but we've had it for a couple years now. And we would have so many um, weekends or so many days per week that we would offer parents to be able to come out and get information. Uh, we would offer them technology services. We would offer them information about the FASCA, anything that could help them better their child and better the process of the education as a whole. Well, you're a way ahead and applaud you. I mean, you, you were looking down the road and around the corner. So uh, that is, that's exciting, that's encouraging. And I do think that will be more and more uh, helpful. I've heard more of my friends who are grandparents say, you know, I'm going to go do some continuous education classes on computer training because I'm gonna have my grandkids this summer or I'm going to be helping out a neighbor um, and with their, with their children. And so that's encouraging when we look at it as a community opportunity, not just the challenges and the, the really almost overwhelming nature of it, which I'm sure it could be, but we really look at it as an opportunity uh, to support families and support families who are trying to raise children and educate them. And that has a positive impact when they get to a community college or get to a university. It has a positive impact for them because many of our students, part of their struggle is trying to do their academic work, 
their children's academic work, and for many of them work uh, in, a, in a, some type of job career as well. So uh, that's quite a balancing act. Yes, it is. We actually partnered with Herf Jones, and at the end of the year, the school year, we would have a McMichael Parent University graduation where we would actually have them in a cap and gown and present them with a diploma that we created for fulfilling so many sessions of the Parent University Academy. So it's something that, you know, we we pride ourselves on having. I knew you were a trailblazer, Tanya. I'm not surprised at all. How do you think or how do you feel that race relations impact education or do it impact education at all? Oh, they absolutely impact education. In fact, just look at the bigger umbrella of relations. A part of education is relational. We know that when students engage with an individual at any level, we know this from college students, the data is very, very clear in the level that people connect, find a point of identity, uh, find a, uh, a way to have that engagement with an individual. We know that that is part of their overall. So we know that the racial interaction uh, on a campus or within a community, uh, with a family uh, is critically important. That is why uh, we work very hard, and you may have uh, read yesterday that the that Patriot Community College was one of the uh, colleges in Virginia that have been acknowledged from the Lumina Foundation for our work in equity, uh, and we're moving forward with a very uh, focused grant program that we're very excited about that. We've been about this for a while. It's a long, it's an iterative process. It's not just a one and done. It's about an ongoing building the conversation, building the relationship, building the awareness and having the courage and the moral fortitude to turn the spotlight on and see where we have gaps and see always understanding that we can do a better job improve. But absolutely, that's why it's critical that our children uh, really have an opportunity to have role models, uh, to have a very diverse uh, faculty and staff and institutions. And so I do think that race relations are critical. When people have a have a comfortable, supportive, uh, a collaborative environment in which they can culture, which they can work and learn and grow, then I believe that many of the race distinctions uh, that are so publicly taunted, I think can be leveraged to be strengths. Uh, so, but it's all relational. And yes, it has an impact on a child's ability to learn. It has an impact on any person's age ability to learn, uh, where they know, any individual knows, I belong here, I want it here, I have an opportunity to succeed here, I have people who are cheering me on, who are my champions. And my students of color have said very directly, very directly, they all have my cell phone number and can text me, uh, that that is very much very important to them. Uh, it's one of the reasons we have a, a, a great emphasis on student leadership uh, so that we can build diversity in our student leadership base and hear those different voices. Yes, it's, it's critical. It is a part of being educated. Thank you, Dr. Godwin. Where do you see PHCC in the next five to ten years? I know you're about to leave us. And I'm saddened by that because I have a great deal of respect for you and you've done so much for 
the community college as a whole and for the community and just the partnerships with the area local public schools. Where do you see Patrick Henry Community College in the next five to 10 years? Well, I appreciate that. And my retirement is bittersweet. I'm very excited about it. I'm looking forward to some of the things that I have an opportunity to do. And I hope that I'll get to do some things uh, again in this part of the world. Um, but I think that Patrick Henry Community is very well positioned for its future. I think we have been very candid uh, as a college. I think we uh, have the ability to look not just a mile wide, but a mile deep. And so I believe that we have spent our time and focus on the things that really matter uh, in improving the economic well-being of, a, of an individual as well as a community and improving the quality of life, not only for the individual, but for the entire community. And we take that very, very seriously. Uh, our structures that we have put in place really poise the college for growth and opportunity and really be a part of broader uh, conversations in terms of economic development work, really of, of taking on champion major initiatives. So I see Patrick Henry Community College going full speed and full force ahead. I think because of our national reputation, uh, as a leader college and being recognized in so many ways. Uh, we're a part of the NC3. We're a center of excellence leader college nationally. We're one of the first uh, in the original Achieving the Dream leader colleges since 2004. I think there's so many ways we've been recognized nationally that uh, it gives us a platform uh, for the cause to move forward. We're fiscally very uh, responsible. Uh, we have a very flat organization. Everybody is, can be involved at many different levels. I said we need leaders at all levels. And so we have uh, people throughout the college that really serve in a variety of leadership roles. And so I believe the college is poised to go full speed ahead and I envision that it, that five to ten years from now you're going to see uh, I believe the community is on a true tipping point of economic recovery uh, I think the crown holding announcement we had last week is, is, is just top shelf on that I mean you're talking about recruiting world-class companies into our area and they have thousands of companies that communities to choose from so I see Patrick Henry at the table there and, and being a part of that new era of economic development and growth for this entire region. Well, Dr. Godwin, you have worked well, you have served many, and you have led a lot. How do you plan to continue to support education post-retirement? Well, thank you for that. I do plan on doing uh, some teaching, online teaching, remote. I also plan on uh, resurrecting my work in coaching, coaching executives, uh, coaching boards, uh, as well as consulting. I want to uh, have a, a couple of clients already that I've asked me would I consider coming back and working with them, and I probably will keep that very, very limited. Uh, there's a couple of areas that I'm extremely interested and in, I'm concerned about that I plan on focusing some of my research and my writing uh, that I've not focused on since I've been in this role. One, I want to look closely at the Alice population. This is a population, if you follow the United Way studies, 
uh, in which we're really talking about the working poor. And I want to look at what we're doing and what we're not doing to engage those individuals toward a career path that allows them to be productive and successful, financially successful, not just successful in their academic work, but financially successful so that they can gain financial independence. And so I'm very interested in that. I'm also extremely interested in, from an equity and diversity perspective, in young men of color and their academic interests. And what are we doing in the messaging and the preparation? Uh, where are we? Why are those population numbers in academic and college and universities, why have they declined? Uh, and I want to, I think that's an area that we can uh, come to terms with. Uh, Coach Brian Henderson, who uh, chairs our Equity Alliance response team here, and also now has been appointed to serve on the national Association of Athletic Directors. He was appointed, I think, this week, uh, leading a diversity and equity focus. And uh, I hope to, to continue collaborating with him on some of his work and really trying to formalize some of that in my research. Um, as well as I have uh, been a part of a women's ministry and I intend to pick that torch up uh, and continue some of my writing and my, uh, my work that's really a part of a national group of women's spiritual leaders. Well, Dr. Godwin, I truly appreciate you and I thank you, um, I salute you and um, I wish you well in your retirement and thank you for all that you've done with the city of Martinsville and the surrounding counties. Um, you are definitely a jewel in the mist and you will be missed. Um, but I'm sure you're going to continue to do all the great things you just mentioned and more because I think that's who you are. But um, thank you once again for being a guest on Tanya's Talk podcast. I appreciate it and I wish you well. Well, thank you so much. And you're just such a shining star for all of us. And I look forward to following all your adventures, particularly post-COVID. And thank you, Tony, for what you have done for this community and what you continue to do as a champion uh, for our region and a champion for our children in education. So I applaud you and I look forward to keeping in touch.